Good morning, RCC. Welcome. Welcome here. And uh, we are just so glad everybody's here today, everyone who's coming and everyone who's watching online. So welcome. I'm starting off this morning with our psalm reading, and it is Psalm 130. Help God, the bottom has fallen out of my life. Master, hear my cry for help. Listen hard. Open your ears and listen to my cries for mercy. If you, God, kept records of wrongdoings, who would stand a chance? And as it turns out, forgiveness is your habit, and that's why you're worshiped. I pray to God my life a prayer and wait for what he'll say and do. My life's on the line before God, my Lord, waiting and watching till morning, waiting and watching till morning. O Smyrna, watch and wait for God. With God's arrival comes love. With God's arrival comes generous redemption. No, bad, no doubt about it. He'll redeem Smyrna and buy us back from captivity to sin. So Lord, out of the depths of our despair, we cry to you. When we look around at all that is happening in the world, and then when we take the brave step of looking inward at what's happening in us, we know that only you can save us and only you can redeem us. So Lord, may we come this morning in humble submission to your will and your way. to Christianity and is being chased from her home from converting from Islam to Christianity. We pray for the persecuted church just around the world. May we be mindful and present in mind and spirit and prayer of those who are literally risking their lives to profess your Thank you. 
who had their building collapse on them in the middle of the night. They're still recovering bodies and there's still lots of family that's wondering, is my family member okay? We pray for the children that have been found where their parents have not yet been found. God, would you give the resources that the, the rescue team needs to adequately respond to this emergency, this crisis? God, would you bring comfort to those who are needing your comfort? Would you mobilize the church in Florida and the surrounding areas that they would be your hands and your feet, that they would cross denominational lines, that they would cross church lines, and that they would just love these people well? We pray for the people in India who are having to flee major cities because COVID is still very real and very present and is continuing to spike. God, would you provide the medical resources that they need in order to adequately slow down the pace of COVID over there? May we not forget that the suffering and the hurting and the impacts of COVID is still at play as we return to normal, may we never just be focused on our own freedom, but may we also be mindful and intentional to pray for the health and the freedom and the good of those around us. Bring supernatural healing. Stop the spread of the virus. Be specifically with the people of India. Lord, hear our prayer. You hear us calling calling Abba Father Hello here is you hear us calling you hear us calling Abba Father Pray for the welfare of Smyrna and Cobb County specifically just want to pray for the teachers in the midst of the summer and educators as they're still trying to figure out what does a school year look like as we walk ourselves out of this pandemic. God, I pray that you would be with every decision maker in the education system, that you'd be with the teachers, that there would just be a special refreshing that happens this summer for our teachers who gave so far beyond themselves the last year and a half for their students. God, would there be support and resources necessary for their own health and for their own good, but also for the good of the students and the administrators start having to think towards another school year. God, would it be met with an encouragement and appreciation and thanks from the Smyrna community. Bless them this morning. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. specifically lift up the conversations that are going to be happening between RCC and our landlord specifically through Leslie. We pray that you would bless Leslie, give her a discerning spirit to know when to ask and what to ask, that she would go in step with the spirit every, every single move that we make. We pray for the youth ministry here at RCC. 
God, would you continue to just stir in our hearts a desire to love our students well? Would you give us a clear picture of what does it look like starting in August? Who are the people and what does it look like? May we remain on our knees before you, trusting that you have a response. We pray for ETS as it's starting to come to fruition here at River City. Would you bless River City as we desire and hunger and thirst to know you. We just want to know you more. And we want to do it together. And we want to do it in such a way that an overflow of that is that the city of Smyrna looks different because we're loving so well and we're serving so well. Lastly, we specifically pray for Angie's friend Amy, who's in ICU after giving birth. For the baby, and we just pray for healing and protection for Amy. Be with the family. As this is a pretty traumatic and hard way to start off life. We thank you for the gift of life, and we just pray protection over them. We pray protection them from any infection or any other hiccups along the way. So provide support for the family that they need, that they would know that they don't have to carry of River City community, for those who are of us who are just carrying heavy, heavy things this morning that feel too big, that might feel unseen or unknown to the rest of the community or the people in their lives, I thank you that you see all and you know all and you are ready and willing to jump in all. And so we extend that invite to you and we just ask God that you would come and that you would remind us that you are with us. Is no darkness that is too dark for your light to shine forth. Just a quick blurb about July. I'm actually, my family and I will be out um, this July a lot because of a sabbatical that we do each year. And so I just wanted you to be aware if in July you need to get in touch with us, you can reach out to Christina at RiverCitySmyrna.com or you can also reach out to any of the staff. They will be here and present and we have some pretty great things lined up all throughout the month for you guys to be a part of. Some of the voices sharing, you'll get to hear from some of the staff. It will be 
a really good time that we've spent a lot of time preparing for. And so you can pray for us as we go, um, just that we can get refilled, replenished, and all the things that we take a sabbatical for. And so I'm really excited about it, but I'm also excited about what God is doing here. And so today I'm going to share with you um, really kind of, we've been building towards this day, actually, for a while. And so I want to bring you in on it, but I want to give you a little bit of a kind of, how'd we get here? So if you've been a part of our body, you've heard us use the phrase equipping the saints. Raise your hand if you've heard us use that. Okay. That's something we've been using for a long time because it comes from Ephesians chapter 4. And really that came out of a season last year in the pandemic where I was asking the questions, why does the church exist? And I think the American church was hitting a lot of walls. And as we couldn't gather in large buildings, people were having to kind of reorganize. Why are we here? And I had a really beautiful season of seeking God where he was sharing with me the heart of a pastor, the heart of ministry. And for me, it landed on the idea that we can't spend so much time focusing on gatherings, and we should spend more time focusing on pouring into people. And really, that's the work of the ministry in the church, is to equip people to live out the way that God has called them to live out, equipping the saints. That's where it came from. And that's what I've been working on really ever since, either through prayer or even through a group I started in January. And you'll hear more about this in a minute from a video we've created for you guys. Our beautiful Jordan Hamilton over there has created a video that he finished at 3.45 a.m. So he's probably tired. He's also awesome. So everybody cheer for Jordan. He's amazing. So for you, what is the role of the church? Some of us would say it's mission. It's to be missional. Some of us would say we're here to speak truth to power to systems and structures. Some of us would say it's to be a holy, separated, consecrated place. Some of us would say the church is to be trendy. Like, honestly, let's just be honest. We're in Atlanta. That would be a goal for a lot of Christians is to be a part of a trendy church that seemed to be kind of thriving in, in a relational way and everybody wears all black and it's all cool. A lot of leather, st- leather goods everywhere, leather quality goods, coffee everywhere. All of these things can be a part But the truth about what the body of Christ is supposed to be, it's supposed to equip the people to do the work of ministry. So we take for granted what was happening in the early church. So a lot of churches build their whole structure around mission, and they spend their time on mission without really spending time equipping and partnering with discipleship and even learning what that means. And so people go after full force, what am I doing for God? What am I going to do for God? And then somewhere along the way, we see a lot of burnout, especially in the American church. For the early church, there were things involved in their rhythm of life that helped facilitate mission. Things like being with Jesus. Everybody on the count of three say, be with Jesus. Things like being in community more than on Sunday for two hours. Don't say that back. That'll be odd and long. Things like the spiritual disciplines, which for them... We're not just for Catholics or just for Protestants. We're a part of what you stepped into. You stepped into prayer with brothers and sisters. You stepped into meeting needs in your community. You stepped into understanding the apostles' teachings and listening and learning. It was so much a part of it that they didn't really have to set up too much structure for it. Fast forward thousands of years. We're here. We don't have those structures in place. Our churches don't typically have the kind of structures in place that produce discipleship or even a culture of discipleship. 
I know this because I've been praying for it for seven years and looking for examples and trying not to become burdened by how depressing that can be. To understand that many of our churches have focused on what it looks like to get on a stage over and above what it looks like to be with Jesus. To understand that we would rather be good leaders than disciplers. This is what's happened. This is why so many of our our people, as they grow, fizzle out. There's not a sustaining culture in their own heart of discipleship. I want it. I want that. I want that over gatherings. I want that over three services. I want that over whatever it could be. I want to see people step into and be with God so much that they incarnate the love of God. Not like, I'm going to incarnate the love of God this time this week. I'm going to go to church this time this week. But as the disciples stepped into this, they were stepping into a whole life. I don't even think they would be like, well, I'm in discipleship this week. I think it would have just been like, this is how we are living now. I'm following my rabbi, always, always following my rabbi. And it wasn't like, now we're going to do discipleship, Jesus. It was like, no, you're going to wake up. We're going to have breakfast together. We're going to talk. I'm going to whittle something out of wood. Is Jesus speaking? We're going to talk more. We're going to go do this. You're not going to have a lot of preparation. I'm just going to say we're going to go over here. We're going to go over there. It was so together that it wasn't so structured that it became actually like desirable, I think. And so ETS is kind of the result of us praying for a while. And so here's what it's not. It's not the church providing for you discipleship because that doesn't work. It's a partnership. So for discipleship to work, it's you saying, I'm a part of this, and the church saying, I'm a part of this. It is not the church's job to make sure you are. It's a partnership. It's like the call and response that you hear in a lot of liturgical services, which I actually have started to like the idea because there is a call. Jesus is incarnated in the world, and there is response. You've incarnated, I'll follow you. We see that modeled in some of our structures, a call and response, a call and response. Come and follow me, I'll come and follow you. It's not just do all this stuff and you're good, right? It's come and follow. And what happens in that process is the beautiful stuff. So last week, Christina shared about awakening. And you can pull up this graph. We've been talking to you guys about stage theory. And I'm not going to get into that. And don't let your mind be like, what is he talking about now? This is dumb. I don't want to listen anymore. Stage theory is a way that people have mapped out the journey with Christ over time. And this is one of them. There's many. And last week... She talked about awakening and how important awakening is. We would probably call it rebirth or being born again or salvation. But awakening is the idea that someone that is not yet a follower of Jesus begins to sense God in reality and begins to sense what that means for them. Oh, there is a God. Oh, there is a realm that is spiritual. What does that mean for me? And they start to take it seriously. This can happen rapidly like it did for Christina Or for Aaron, this could happen over years like it did for me or for many of you. But it can happen in any way God desires to have it happen. But the second part, so after someone has awakening, after someone experiences Jesus, you become a beginner. Everybody say beginner. Beginner. The awakening was not the end. I'm sorry to all of the evangelistic churches that have made everything just about salvation, and then people are like, we're saved, what do we do? Well, you're not going to hell. Well, okay, that's great. What do we do? Well, you're not going to hell. Well, what do we do? You become a beginner, a beginner. Just like in any sport you'll ever play, when you sign up for the team, that does not mean you're starting to play shortstop. 
That means you're starting to learn, right? You're starting to practice. You're starting to get into the rhythm of what does it mean to be on this team, and it takes time. I mean, my son last night, i got to brag for a little bit. So his team is in Orange Beach. They won the World Series last night. They, it's awesome. They have literally practiced for six years together. Six years, three practices a week, two, two hours each practice at least. All of that going, and there was 40 other teams. All of those teams have practiced just as much. But as you step into just like anything, even relationships, you step in, you begin, and you start as a beginner, right? We go low. That's where we start. That's what salvation is. It's I admit I'm in desperate need. I go low. You remain high. Jesus is enthroned, and that's the starting point. But at starting point, you begin to follow Jesus. You begin to practice the spiritual disciplines. Let me demystify that for you, please. Practicing the spiritual disciplines, if you have a check when you hear that, we need to realign what's happening. Spiritual disciplines are worship, prayer, silence and solitude, Sabbath, rest, retreat, scripture, all of these things that have historically carried bodies of Christ through generations are beautiful things, right? We're not meant to just come and worship together alone a hundred times a year right? We're meant to step into fully and to learn what they are. Our, ch- our churches don't really teach these anymore, right? But this is a part of what you begin. You begin to purge sin, and we hate to even hear that. And we begin to sense God in prayer. So this is just the beginning part. And so today I want to talk to you for a little bit about, as a beginner, are you at a spot, whether you're from our church or not, where you can actually start to practice and may become proficient at being a follower of Jesus. And I believe wholeheartedly you can, 100%, 110%. And I believe there's some common things that happen when people do step in. There's some common things I've noticed when people desire to step in and start to grow. Number one, they've actually tasted and seen that God is good, and Jesus is at least a little bit desirable, right? Just a, Even just a little bit. They've They've understood, tasted, and seen, and are a little bit desirable. Number two, there's a willingness to try things that they're not comfortable with. For me, it was silence and solitude, which actually was a, it felt like a rapid growth, whatever, something for me. So, so people are willing, and then after they step in, they're willing to remain in it and not just dip out when things get tough. Because in discipleship, if it's truly happening, some of the first things that you have to interact with are the reasons why you have not wanted to be submitted to Jesus and follow him, which for a lot of people become the reasons they don't follow him. But those are the exact things that he begins to heal and show and even use in good ways. So there are some common roadblocks as people step into this. And without a doubt, I think one of them could be church hurt or being abused by leadership in your past. And I think that is the case in some ways, but I think it's far beyond busyness. And I was about to, I was about to literally put up this finger to do busyness. And it, I was about to flip, so I'm glad I didn't do that. So I'm going to go back to this one. Okay. So, so busyness actually outweighs even the hurt from our past. Why are we so busy? Why can we not sit I told you guys this one time. They actually did studies that people would either want to be zapped by a taser or sit for 15 minutes in silence in a room, and half the people chose to be zapped by a taser than to sit with themselves. Why are we running from ourselves? Why are we running from God, right? There are common roadblocks, right? Your work 
and the desires for you to achieve what you're achieving through your work can be a massive roadblock, right? Some people choose their work over Jesus. I'm not saying who. Some people actually choose Jesus over everything. But tasting and seeing and stepping in becomes where this kind of hotbed of growth happens. And so, so can we become proficient at following Jesus? I believe we can. I'm going to read you a few scriptures that kind of map out how Jesus began the process with his disciples. Okay, so you can follow along with me. The first one is from, from just a few chapters into Matthew. And it says, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And before I get to the next one, there has to be something unique about someone for somebody to say, follow me, and then to follow him. There's no miracle at this moment. It's just something about the interaction with Jesus, which for me is very helpful because I have not seen the, the roofs come off of buildings. I have not seen miraculous moments where it's just like a, a steady rhythm. But I have been, I have been in spaces with Jesus where just hearing his name or reading a text about him actually does something so deeply in my soul where I begin to desire. I begin to desire. And I think as he starts to start his ministry and invite people, there's something like that happening. It's more than just, well, we probably should follow this rabbi because he seems to be, he's kind of against the man, right? He's like the rage against the machine of his time. There's something more about him, something wooing about him, that you had to be in interaction with him for that to happen. It couldn't just be me saying, y'all start following Jesus. No, people had to be like, I'm interacting with this Jesus now. I'm starting the process of being with Jesus now. And I'm going to read you the longest one you're going to have today now. And this is from John. This is John 1, 35 through 50. The next day, John was standing again with two of his disciples, John the Baptist. When he saw Jesus walking along, he said, look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said, saw Jesus, were there with Jesus, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he asked, what are you looking for? I love Jesus in the way that he asked such change your direction kind of questions. What are you looking for? And they don't even answer him, right? Like, like we wouldn't either. I gotta find where I was. What are you looking for? They said, Rabbi, which is translated teacher, where are you staying? He replied, come and see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. And it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two disciples who heard what John said and followed Jesus was Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. He led them to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, Jesus wanted to go into Galilee and found Philip. Jesus said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found the one Moses wrote about and the law and the prophets, Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth. Nathanael responded, can anything come from Nazareth that's good? And Philip said, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and and said about him, Jesus, the way that he interacts individually with each disciple, with each human, he says to him, here is a genuine Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel asked him, how do you know me? Jesus answered, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathaniel replied, Rabbi, you are God's son. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered, 
Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. That's beautiful, this intro. Next, let's fast forward all the way to the end of Matthew. One that we've all heard. Many churches have this on their walls. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he says to them, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Before I go to the next passage, there is literally about three years between these two passages where they are just with Jesus. We see this. We all know this. We feel when we hear that, I need to be doing that. But what happened between come and follow me and go make disciples? Everybody say discipleship. That's what he's leading us into. And while we don't have present Jesus in this room, this is what he says. You can pull up the next passage, Bill. This is what he says to his disciples, anticipating what would happen when he left. These things I have spoken to you while, but I'm still with you. While I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives you, I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I love how each of these disciples has a different en route with Jesus, but all land in the same place. Whether he approached one and said, you're someone who has no deceit, or another one and said, come follow me, or another one, and John was there with him, and John was like, y'all go follow him, and they were like, okay, we should follow him. They all ended up in this collection of people with him where the emphasis for three years was being with Jesus before he sent them to make disciples. We don't do that in two days. We don't do that in two days. Just that I can tell you, go make disciples, doesn't help you unless you're willing to step into a place where Jesus can form you by the Spirit of God over time. Question, why must we have everything super speed with Jesus? Serious question. Why must you hear before you've developed what you're supposed to do? Why must you know all that you need to know about what you're going to do with your life before you've stepped into discipleship? These are clear, I think, in routes to trying to thwart the process which is meant to be at the pace of Jesus. Walking three years. No, but I went to this conference and they told me there I was going to be a pastor. They told me there. No, they told me this. Have, have you? So that's great that you heard somebody say that to you. Where are you at in the process of being with Jesus in discipleship? How are you growing? Well, they told me, I signed up for this team. I'm going to play shortstop this week. Are you? Or are you going to not play shortstop and learn how to do it? Am, am I getting harsh? <laughs> I start to get harsh and I don't really know it. Um, so, and my wife is not here, so I'm sorry. She's with my son. So I am so excited. Not that we found the golden egg or that we found the perfect discipleship, but that we decided in January to start stepping into a space where formation could possibly happen. And fruit has been created. And I know that when I was stepping in, God was telling me, you don't just impose this on a body. You step into it and you do it. And it doesn't look like making sure you know your identity and healing from your past just yet and knowing what you're called to do just yet. That doesn't come first. Those things, if they're first, 
you're setting yourself up for failure long term. How do I be in the presence of Jesus? How do I find the sustaining hope of what it means to be alive in Jesus before I start to work? Sarah actually told me two weeks ago that she didn't realize, but as soon as I was saved, radically saved in some ways, long-term in some ways, I started ministry almost instantly, and that was okay. There was no questions asked about how long have you been following Jesus? Do you understand what it looks like? Do you, how do you deal with temptation? How do you deal with performance? It was just, you, you want to be a youth pastor here? Okay. And I was like, yeah, I should be one. Some guy told me in a conference, I should be a youth pastor. I was not ready. I was not ready, and I was being led by people who were not ready, who had traded discipleship for leadership and being honored. And that was okay in the American culture because that's what we go after. Leadership, honor, fame. Is fame a part of Christianity at this point? I'm not sure. I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> All of these things that are without discipleship, without formation, they seem so desirable. But as soon as you start to follow the pace of Jesus as your rabbi, you start to see what he meant when he said to them, it doesn't matter who sits right next to me. The least is the greatest. It doesn't matter whose mom's asking for the better spot. The least is the greatest. I'm not coming to offend or defend with military might, right? You, you turn your... Ch- These things don't happen just by getting a thing and moving on. It's the process of following Jesus. And so I want to read you a quote. The church and disciples learn to speak about Jesus in the process of giving thanks, singing praise, sharing good news, speaking the truth to powers. Yet discipleship is first and foremost a willingness to follow Jesus. It isn't obedience to an abstract set of codes like don't do this, don't do that, make sure you don't do that, make sure you're not a part of that. But it's a consent to a costly, joyful relationship. In walking with Jesus, we learn who he is. While we learn who he is, we also learn what it means to follow him. These disciples in these passages were still wrong. And if they were emphatically saying truths about Jesus, they were probably 50% right. A lot of them weren't what he was there for to do. But three years, he he walked with him and didn't throw in the towel on any of them. But they had to have that because if not, their version of him would have looked very different. Our version of Jesus without discipleship is inaccurate. 100% of the time, it doesn't matter what God told you in the first time. It doesn't matter how you think you are. If you have no discipleship, your version of Jesus is not the accurate one. Just like everyone in Scripture They all didn't understand it, even right until that moment in Matthew 28. They still didn't understand it. But then you see the breaking of Peter. He becomes the rock for the church, but there's a breaking in his heart. There's a breaking of what he thought it had to be like. There's a breaking of what needed to be there, and the breaking becomes beautiful and good, and all the disciples become willing to die, right? All of the disciples become willing to die because he's just that good, That's a heavy, heavy thing for us to hear about discipleship. But discipleship is the cruciform life where you're always being led closer to the cross. The cross of Jesus is Christology and discipleship. Those two things, if you want to grow in Christ, get closer and closer to the cross, go lower and lower, you will start to grow in Christ. But you can't separate the cross from discipleship, right? You can't just have discipleship in a crown, right? What you need to get 
and what you want. All of these things are so this. And it's such a beautiful journey to see when people start. So why have we been talking to you guys about labeling your place of apprenticeship to Jesus? Which for some of you are like, what did you even just say? You need to understand the in routes and where you're at. So when I say a question to you like, where are you with Jesus? For some of you that I know, some of our staff even, they're like, that question, I don't even know what to do with that. I don't want to answer that. There's too many ways. For some of you, you're like, I can, I can label it. I feel like I'm distant. I would imagine 80% of you would say something like, I feel a little distant, haven't spent much time with him, haven't wanted to. Where are you with Jesus? Not to make you feel bad, but as an invitation and an in route. Do you feel distant from him? When I say the word discipleship, have you never understood what it meant? Do you want me to stop talking right now about Jesus? Like these kinds of things. When I say the word Jesus, do you, does something in your heart leap? I mean, I, I hope we all get to the spot where when we hear his name, like it would be like, oh, Jesus. Jesus is here. That's where I want to get, where I hear his name and I'm like, oh, it's all good then. Jesus is all good. doesn't matter what we're led into, right? Whatever situation we're led into. Jesus is here, it's all good. It's not based around what situation's happening. Jesus is present, it's all good. Hospital room, Jesus is present, all good. Don't get your job, Jesus is present, all good. Bank account empty, Jesus is present, all good. Fighting in a relationship in your family, Jesus is present, all good. Not all good, but all good because he's there, right? That's, that's what discipleship creates, right? The idea that discipleship doesn't make all of your wildest dreams come true, right? It's not Oprah, Discipleship is growing in such a way that he is stronger than anything that's happening and you are able to withstand it all the way until death, which we all will go towards death. So, as we walk into this next season, you're about to see and hear about some things that you're invited into. I ask that you come with an open heart. In fact, the way that we start these groups is... Creating space to be in community with three to five people every week, going through simple things that can be complex, having lots of conversations. When you have questions, being like, I don't get this, I don't even believe it. Being able to have space to start to discuss and navigate what does it look like to start to follow Jesus and to be a beginner, right? We did things like silence and solitude which for some of you are like, not doing that. We did things like Sabbath in this first group. I can tell you easily, in my past two years, the focus on creating a healthy Sabbath rhythm has changed more for me than anything else. That I don't have to actually achieve for an entire day? You have no idea the kind of liberation I feel and the kind of fight it is to get into that space. I have to pre-plan a Sabbath. Literally, I have to plan it beforehand because I will work if I don't. Why? And when I say that for some of you, like, I understand completely what you're saying. Right? Why is Sabbath one of the only commandments that's about a spiritual discipline? Keep the Sabbath. Well, I didn't mean that. That was for them. One out of seven days a week, work not. Enjoy God. Be with him. Do things that you enjoy. These kinds of rhythms in life create health with Jesus we stepped into those things. It's been such a joy to walk through this stuff with people and see people come to life. Not because they're going after what God told them to do, but because they're being with Jesus. Right? It all flows out of that space. If you want to talk about mission, 
Talk about how you're being formed. If you want to talk about meeting the needs of the city or speaking truth to powers, talk about your connection with the body and Jesus. It's not separated. It's, it's one in the same. It's one in the same. And so, I'm just going to give you a little blurb about this, and then you're going to see a video. So, what you're going to be invited into is actually four months long, and it's possibly for you a part of what could be up to three years long, but it doesn't have to be that. It could just be a step in to be with people and to grow together and to walk with some people. And so you'll go through things like Sabbath, silence, and solitude. My group is one season ahead, and we're doing that to continue to be able to craft and map out what's coming. We're going to jump into prayer and scripture. And you're like, well, why aren't we doing scripture first? And I was like, because most people just read scripture and they don't even know why they're reading it. They don't, they don't even have a healthy enough rhythm to settle into it. What is it to be with Jesus at a pace that's slow? No, I just want to crank out the scriptures. Tell me something I can learn. This is not just for up here, right? That's what a lot of us think about with discipleship. Tell me 15 things I need to know and I'll move on. It's not meant to be moved on from. I think that's the point. It's meant to be moved into, right? To abide in Jesus and to incarnate his love to the world. And so there's things like small groups. There's things like Silence and solitude and Sabbath and worship together and testimony and retreat. We're actually going to end this group season with a retreat in the mountains where we fight bears together. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> We're going to fight a bear. Just kidding. We're not going to fight a bear unless that bear happens to be within you and you need to fight it. Amen? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. All right. So give attention to the beautiful video that Jordan made for the next few moments, please. And you feel like that you don't that you're alone. I would suggest that that is probably is a tug at the spirit saying that you need to do something like this. Yeah, I would say for me, um, I remember at the beginning of 2020, I prayed to God uh, to send me uh, people that He could put in my life that would help encourage me, um, and were genuinely passionate about growing deeper in the Lord. You know, my reason behind it is that I've been, I've, I've felt like my spiritual growth has been on neutral for a while. And um, when, I, when I saw the opportunity, it was basically, you know, I need to get out of my comfort zone in order to put this in drive, you know. And so um, whatever that, you know, commitment was going to be, I felt strongly that I needed to do it. Being a part of this group has changed me in great ways. It's changed the way that I look at things in life, honestly, and how my perspectives have shifted towards how I view spiritual things in a very good way. Um, so for me, this group was an answered prayer. Um, it, was, it was so specific. Um, it was a group of guys that wanted to commit um, to growing deeper in their faith. Uh, to being vulnerable and uncomfortable um, and just pursuing the Lord. As I kind of got into it, I started to, <laughs> to feel that it was the right decision. So, and, you know, I have no regrets about it. So, <laughs> definitely. Hey, 
Hey River City family and friends, if you've been a part of our body over the last year, you've heard us use the phrases equipping the saints or ETS. And that's because we had a season where we sought God about what he wanted to do in our body and we began to believe that he was leading us into spiritual formation and discipleship. We've talked about a lot of that on Sundays, but also last January I actually started a pilot group. With this pilot group I invited 12 people into it and there were some common threads within that group. People wanted to grow, they were seeking God, they wanted to have a deeper experience in community. And so we created a path over four months and it's produced a lot of fruit, a lot of really good fruit. We're excited that in the next season, we're gonna be able to invite many of you into this process as well. So what does that mean for you, River City? That means that starting today through July 25th, you can log on to our website or the link on the prayer wall or the weekly that you get every week and there will be a link to sign up. It'll go through our groups page on our website and you'll be able to pick a cohort to sign up with. What's a cohort? It just means that whether you're signing up with the guys group, the large girls group, or the married group, that's your cohort. And after you're in a cohort, you'll be put into a small group. Your small group are the three to five people that you'll be traveling with every week, talking about content and resources together. And once a month, all the cohorts will come together and celebrate and worship and be excited about what God is doing. And so at the end of this season, in December 3rd through 5th, we'll go on a retreat together. And we're so excited about what God is going to do and is doing in our community. We'd love for you to jump into this. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at ets at rivercitysverna.com and we'll happily get back to you or even grab me aside on a Sunday and ask any questions you might have. So, if you find yourself in a spot where you're desiring more even just to learn about discipleship. If you feel stuck maybe in your walk of discipleship, I think this could be a really great opportunity for you. This isn't the fix all for your entire life over the next four months, but it's a space to start to dabble in some questions, to start to learn some disciplines, and to be consistent in community with people, which is what we all want, right? And so remember what Kara said, reach out to us at ETS at rivercitysmyrna.com or pull one of us aside on a Sunday and ask us as many questions as you'd like. If this isn't your thing or you're not ready to jump into it, I'd love for you to hang around. We'll be talking about groups in the coming season and what that will look like. There will be more offered besides ETS. And so it's okay if you need to wait and hear about those groups. I'd love to talk to you about that too. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Love you. I don't know why I just ended it like that. <laughs>
But just for the next few moments, I'm going to pray to give you some space, and then we're going to take communion and, and step into a little bit of a group time. And if you're new here and you're like, this is horribly awkward for me, uh, we have a room called Snacks and Facts where Kara has promised she'll answer any question that you've ever thought of about space or the sea, the deepest part of seas. Uh, just anything about River City, whether it's welcome to the table or what do you do for kids or youth or any of that. You can step into there if you don't want to step into these. So I'll pray and you guys can create some space, maybe turn on some instrumental in the, in the background. So Jesus, thank you for what you're doing in our body. Thank you for the first fruits and for showing us that discipleship is probably messier than we thought. Discipleship is, there's no shortcut to it. There's no conference we go to where we don't have to then be discipled. It's just an invitation to a journey. And the journey is with you, where we learn to be with you and become like you because we're present with you. Where we can get it wrong sometimes and where you still have grace for us. Where we're emphatic about some things that you're not emphatic about and you, you gently teach us. And so thank you for space that's going to be created. And I just pray for this next season, God, that it will be a beautiful, beautiful time for our body. And all summer long as we hear about this, that people would begin to step into it. But today specifically, we pray that you would help us to remember our baptism. Help us to remember what it was to say yes to you as we're taking communion. Help us to remember when, we, when the body was broken for us, what did that look like? When the blood was shed for us, what did that look like? When we received forgiveness and fullness, what did that look like as a beginning stage? So just for the next few moments, take some space, be some music on, maybe make some notes, and then I'll come back up and send you to your groups. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.